What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Thanksgiving Eve. What a time to be worried. It's Worryometer Wednesday here as we get ready for Thanksgiving. I am worried about the pre-cooked turkey that we are getting and the best way to reheat it for dinner tomorrow night. But uh, Heath will have plenty of time to talk about food. Jamie will be joining us very shortly here. What are you thankful for, Heath? Yeah, no, you're not gonna. We're gonna do a. We're gonna do our show tonight, late tonight. It's gonna be me and Jamie for Thursday. Uh-huh. So Heath won't be right. on that. So you can tell us, Heath, what are you thankful for? Well, in a fantasy football sense, I'm very thankful for Tank Dell. Mm. He's been fantastic. The Houston Texans in general, C.J. Stroud, Nico Collins. We had that Noah Brown couple of weeks. Now Devin Singletary's become a thing. Dalton Schultz is a must-start tight end. That was a team that we thought could be one of the worst offenses in the NFL this season. And they have been anything but. And Dell was my most drafted rookie in rookie nice. drafts this year. And so that feels pretty fantastic. I missed out completely on Puka Nakua. Didn't draft him once. But I have a whole bunch of take Dell. And I'm very, very thankful. That is great. I don't have a single Texan passing game member on any roster. I just realized now that with so not very thankful for that, Heath. I have some. I have a Devin Singletary. Two teams at Singletary. So that's yeah, whatever. But... Uh, <laughs> I'm thankful I didn't draft Damian Pierce, I'll tell you that. Jamie is in the house. Happy Thanksgiving Eve, Jamie. Happy Thanksgiving Eve. What are you thankful for from a fantasy standpoint? As you look at your rosters, what are you thankful for? Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs. Yes. Things we thought we'd be saying in week 12. The hero of my fantasy season. Mm, I go for a hero today, by the way. Let's see. I've... Like a lot of, I got like a blank slate for lunch. Got nothing in the house. We'll see what it's going to be. Um, I'm thankful for, I, I have been thankful for Travis Etienne, one of my more drafted players. Let's see, uh, can he come through? He's on the worryometer today. All right, news and notes for you. We're going to preview all three uh, Thanksgiving games, by the way. Looking forward to, oh my God, Heath, what's, what's your updated Zach Charbonnet? 
ranking. Are you still super high on him? Because that was one of the He's biggest top twenty. I've not updated my rankings. I will this afternoon or this evening. But okay, because I thought he was like top ten for you or something. He might. I mean, like I guess, like I said, he's that would be top twenty. <laughs> okay, because that's a rankings dispute that we definitely have to get into here. Uh, Dave and Jamie, a little bit more hesitant on Zach Charbonnet, Ken Walker, and DK Metcalf mispractice. DK Metcalf always misses practice, but I think now it's a toe injury. Uh, and Geno Smith was limited, but he said he's still feeling pain. Ken Walker's not going to play. I feel safe saying that. Metcalf, hopefully, he play. He usually does. Uh, but are we starting? Well, I guess we'll get into that. But just a two-second answer here: Are we starting any Seahawks receivers confidently in this game? Just Metcalf, but barely. Okay. Yeah, I think like in a three-wide receiver league, I'm starting Metcalf and Lockett. Yes, agree. Well, Heath, in our ten-team league, we're starting both of them. I think. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think I'd maybe like like to get away from that. Uh, Rico Dowdle mispractice. Antonio Gibson was listed as limited for the second straight day. Luke Musgrave hospitalized with an abdomen injury, so he's out. Might have to go on IR. Thankfully, he's out of the hospital now, I believe, and doing better. But it said it was a scary situation. Green Bay said. For Luke Musgrave, Aaron Jones sprained MCL. Jaden Reed was limited. Dontavian Wicks missed practice. Uh, so they're at Detroit on Thursday. Denver safety Kareem Jackson, his four-game suspension was upheld. He will miss Cleveland, Houston, like Cleveland, whatever. Then look at the passing games he's going to miss after that. Kareem Jackson for Denver. Houston, Chargers, Detroit, all on the road. Denver has been so good against the pass. Even the two games that he missed, they were very good against the pass. One of them, Patrick Mahomes, had the flu. Uh, the other was against the Bills. Michael Thomas is on IR. Still plenty of time to pick up Rashid Shahid. And in deeper leagues, A.T. Perry. Running back, Savan Ahmed for the Dolphins. He is out for the season. Still time to pick up Jeff Wilson. You guys have any any thoughts on whether or not Devon Achan is going to play this week, Friday? I don't think we know. I don't know if Mike McDaniel knows based on what he said. So at this point, I would anticipate... Even if he plays, not starting him in your fantasy team. Oh, sad. The Rams waived Daryl Henderson. Royce Freeman is 26% rostered if you want to pick him up. That was weird. What? Yeah, it was. Does that make you think that Kyron's going to be their passing downs back? Oh, I think that was going to be the case even if Henderson stayed on the roster. But I wonder if it means that Ronnie Rivers is coming back too. Because, like, mm-hmm. why would you move on from... You know, what's been your depth? Unless, of course, they want to give maybe Zach Evans a, a chance to play a little bit more as, as, a, as a third guy. Um, but, yeah, it was a little surprising that they just outright waved him. Do you guys have the holiday spirit right now? Are you feeling it? Yeah. No. Very, very thankful. <laughs> Me either. Well, no, I'm thankful. But I'm not, you know. You that know that the, is the holiday spirit. But you know right the now. mood that you're in. It's like, oh, yeah, holiday, fun, family, relaxing. I don't think we're not going to be relaxed. Well, we don't. How long have you worked in this this job? The last part we're not going to be doing, but there <laughs> should be fun and family at the very least. I don't know. You know that, like right now, we should be having that feeling that we get on Friday afternoon when we're about to start our weekend. But I don't know if anyone's feeling that. I'm certainly not. Again, yeah. how long have you done this job? I know. I, like, I don't know what you're talking about, really. Thanksgiving is yeah. It's not. It's not exactly. It's not so fun. The thing. The thing that's great and and frustrating about this job obviously the great part is you know we we get to talk football all the time 
the frustrating part is like this time of year when and and like this week in particular is when people are making travel plans or uh as you said you know weekend plans on wednesday yeah. <laughs> you know it's like um yeah no <laughs> yeah. that's not that's not what i thought you were going to say i thought you were going to say the frustrating part is this week when we've got a condensed work week and the kids are home from school <laughs> because like, uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> running around. Yeah. it's uh it's the house is a little bit busier than it normally is yes. this week yep yeah not for thankfully my kids are are in school but uh yeah all right josh downs he has this knee injury and according to nate atkins of the indianapolis star it's been going on since otas so i hope he's healthy coming off the bye week but it's a lingering knee issue for josh downs they get tampa bay this week we want to definitely start people against tampa bay uh, the Colts released Shaq Leonard, once upon a time, the arguably best linebacker in football. And Jets left tackle Mikai Becton is out one to two weeks with an ankle injury. And you can follow all of the action this weekend and on Thursday and on Friday on the CBS Sports app. All right, you've got your bets in. It's time to follow the action. The best way to do that is on the CBS Sports app, lightning fast live scoring for all major sports. You can track your favorite teams or just individual games that you have an interest in with the click of a button. I get my breaking news alerts on the CBS Sports app, and you can watch live sports and stay on top of all the latest updates. It is totally free on iPhone, on Android, uh, whatever you're using. It's the easiest way to keep your finger on the pulse of every game that matters. Before we get into the worryometer, make a Thanksgiving meal. You have to give me two appetizers, one main course, and one dessert. What are we having? Um, turkey, mashed potatoes, sweet potatoes, and apple pie. Turkey, mashed potatoes, turkey, mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Just need a big old plate, half of it turkey, half of it mashed potatoes. <laughs> All right, how about, how about like, um, what if you had to actually follow the rules? Because you can, you know, you can have more good things. Uh, my wife makes a delicious cranberry sauce, so I, I will, do. uh. Like a all natural, real cranberry sauce. So I, I'll go with that next to the turkey and mashed potatoes. Okay. And then um, I don't know. I like all the pies, especially the Thanksgiving pies. Pumpkin pie is fantastic. Pecan pie is delicious. So I'll take pumpkin. It's Thanksgiving. Yeah, I should have gone pumpkin too. That's a good call. Pumpkin pie. Okay, fine. Pumpkin pie. But is cranberry sauce a side? That'd be kind. Of, isn't that kind of like calling gravy a side? No, no. You eat cranberry sauce just by itself. You don't put it on things. Well, this the way she makes it. Yes. yes. Okay. Same. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Well, I've never really had. It hasn't been. A, is is yours in the shape of a can sitting on? No, the, it's, on it's the just floor. we never really. <laughs> <laughs> just shake it out. <laughs> we never really had cranberry sauce. I don't. Th- maybe we did. It was never really a big part of our Thanksgiving, and and again. It hasn't been up here in New York either. So I'm, I'm pretty much out on cranberry sauce. All right. For me, it's going to be a ham, obviously. Got to have the corn souffle. Corn soufflés, or you can call me. Big thing for me. Um, I like, I really like the green bean casserole. Going with that. And 
Yeah, you know, a good green bean casserole. Like, you know, my, you know who's not in the holiday spirit? Like, Anybody who's listening. Definition of Thanksgiving right here. No, but like, my wife makes it. It's so good. It's got mushrooms in it. It's got cheese in it. Like, there's nothing healthy about it at all. It's not like a healthy dish here. It's it's loaded with good stuff. Um, but the mashed potatoes. <laughs> are really- mushrooms are healthy. Yeah, but it's it's not just eating. It's not just eating green beans. It's got a lot of it's got a lot of good stuff in there. Um, and how, how about like a, how about like an Oreo pie? Can we do that? Okay, sure. If we're gonna have to have a pie. The closest thing you said to something delicious. <laughs> Can we? What holiday are you eating these things all together for? <laughs> Tomorrow. I don't know about the dessert, but the other stuff. It's like having. the pilgrims planned it. Yeah, exactly. All right, it's Worryometer Wednesday. Don't be worried about me. I'll be fine. Michael C. is worried about Joe Mixon and Garrett Wilson. Zero to ten on the Worryometer uh, for Joe Mixon. Let's start with him. Uh, he's barely in my top 24 this week. I'm I'm nervous. Yeah, I, I guess I'm trying to do this relative to what he's been so far. So like a, a five and a half or a six? Yeah. Uh, I, I gave this stat when the news broke about Joe Burrow, but he scored one touchdown in the first six games of the season before the bye. That was with Joe Burrow just not really being that good, right? Dealing with the injury. Um, and he scored four since then. So I think you could call it coincidence, but I think you could call it clearly a better Joe Burrow was just better for everyone. Um, so yeah, it's we're worried for sure. Uh, how about Garrett Wilson? Zero to ten on the worryometer coming off coming off a bad game after four straight really productive games. Um, again, nervous. Um, you know, I I just don't know how much worse Tim Boyle is than Zach Wilson. You know, so like, is he going from? Oh, this was at least somewhat safe, and you know, you feel confident. To this is somewhat safe and feel confident. Like I I don't know what the drop off is. It's it's. Probably a drop off, but how significant yep. that I don't think really anything changes to be honest. Um, yeah, five. Okay, Ashley Cooper has Stefan Diggs on the worryometer. Should I look to trade him before the deadline for a player or players who are past their buy already? That is the thing, he does have a buy next week. But what's your worryometer on Stefan Diggs? Zero. Zero this week. Yep, Philadelphia, and zero rest of season for me. He does have Kansas City and Dallas after the bye. Kansas City just keeps shutting down number ones. But uh, all right, not concerned. We're seeing what we're seeing from Diggs is much lower route depth, much lower A dot. Josh Allen not throwing the ball downfield as much. And um, we're also seeing him facing the Broncos and the Jets the last two weeks. And those are very tough matchups. All right, uh, from Horse Racing Community, worryometer on Adam Azer's Thanksgiving dinner ham. I wish I were having ham. It's so just so superior. So you're not having a ham at all. No, no. So Jamie, he has he has a uh, he has a a pre cooked turkey being delivered today. No, we're picking it up. Okay, yeah, (laughs) picking it up. And then he's going to reheat it tomorrow, and he's not figured out how. So Jamie needed the context for what the worryometer is. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, it's not up to me to to figure out how. How would you reheat it? Are you are you hosting? Yeah. How many people? Four other people. Very small. Four other people. So four other people are going to be eating at McDonald's tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the sides are going to be great. That's one thing I'm very confident in. 
But Heath, you you take home a pre cooked turkey. Like, what's your heating preheat your reheat method? It would be in the oven <clears throat> for what? Like on what? Like two fifty? I don't want to cook it. That sounds about right. Yeah, right. probably put a little bit of water in the pan with it. Mm, that's way too complicated for me. All right, let's uh, let's go to our next one. From why does it fit in the microwave? <laughs> <laughs> from B darts. Uh, worryometer on the obligation to start Patrick Mahomes when in reality he has limited upside. <gasps> Shots fired. Worryometer on Mahomes. <clears throat> Zero. I mean, is 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 the worryometer supposed to be like I'm benching this person? I mean, if I told you he was the number eight quarterback per game in four point and number six in six point, you know, it doesn't make him a doesn't make him a. A zero on the worryometer it might make him like a four. I mean, I guess. I think, look, if you want to, you know, trust the hot hand of Brock Purdy or, you know, Josh Dobbs or, you know, Justin Fields or one of those guys that are either coming off big games or have the chance for big games, I guess you can make that move. But if you're going to do that, then just trade Mahomes. Like, why would you not start him? Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So, I, I think has he been a disappointment? And you could say a bust. Yes because he's not delivering on the expectations. But to say that you're not starting him because he's the sixth best quarterback, like that's ridiculous. Exactly. Um, I think it's, he should be on the disappointment meter, not the worryometer. Like we're not, <laughs> no, and he, you can't say he doesn't have upside. Like Marquez Valdez Scantling catches that pass at least 35% of the time. <laughs> um, and if he does, it's a, if he does, it's like a 28 point day for Mahomes. Last week, I would have loved to see your reaction for that that five seconds, <laughs> like when the ball leaves his hand, you see him wide open. <laughs> yeah, um, it was I, again. I, I don't get too worked up, although I did get a little irritated over the next twenty four hours just thinking about the Chiefs' choices of wide receivers and and the people like who they could have had instead of Sky Moore and who they could have had instead of Rasheed Rice and who they could have had instead of Kadarius Tony and who they could have spent thirty million dollars on instead of MBS. Like I'm 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 a little irritable about that. Yeah. Uh, Mahomes, by the way, is on pace for 503 rushing yards. He just hasn't scored a rushing touchdown yet, which is weird considering how much he's been running. So, yeah, I, I do get that whole thing about the obligation to start Mahomes. I mean, you could easily make a case for Dobbs over Mahomes this week. Would you? Do but that? you would have had to make a, a roster move at some point to pick up another quarterback. And really, aside from the bye week, so let's just say you picked up Dobbs. Would you start Dobbs to, this week? Two weeks ago. I wouldn't. But, yeah, I mean, I know he's playing the Bears, but Mahomes is at Vegas. Vegas has been like, a lot better against— It could be 40 points. It did surprise nobody. For 40 points for Mahomes? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, let me just tell you the three quarterbacks who have had good games against Raiders. Josh Allen had 28 points, Herbert 24, Tua 21. Um, Jordan Love scored four points. Jared Goff scored 14 points. You know— they haven't actually had that bad of a pass defense. Um, all right. Anyway, Scott is worried about Jalen Waddle. Zero to ten on the worryometer for Waddle. Seven. Worried for this week. Not necessarily worried long term, but worried. I, I'm worried for this week and for the fantasy playoffs. Right. The, this week and the and the three fantasy playoff weeks for Waddle are all bottom five matchups. Jets twice, Dallas and Baltimore. In between that, you've got Washington which is 30th against receivers, and Tennessee, which is twenty 27th, sorry. 
It's just weird. I can't really figure out what's going on with Jalen Waddle. He's just not making the big plays. But at this point, he has three games this year with twelve point with more than twelve point four PPR fantasy points. At this point, last year he had six. He just had like a ton of big games, and that was with Tua missing some time last year. I just it's just weird. well, he didn't have a lot of big games when Tua wasn't there. Correct. What I'm saying is he had the big games last year, even though to a miss some time. Uh, so he was just so much better last year than he was this year. I, I think it's a couple things. One, it's that he's what left or been limited in two or three different games this season. Um, two, like he averaged, he led the NFL at 18.1 yards per reception and averaged 11.6 yards per target last year. We knew there was a little bit of regression coming. We didn't know between that and the rookie year where he was less than 10 yards per catch where he was going to settle. He wasn't going to do what he did last year. I also think just in terms of the schedule coming up, they have been better at home than on the road. And so that's something I think you got to hope that really for Tua, because if Tua is going to play well, then you got to hope that it's going to lead it lead into both Waddle and Tyreek playing well. Plus Tyreek's having a record breaking historical season. That's, you know, that's taking away from Waddle too. Yep. All right. This is from Ryan. Worryometer on starting Devontae Adams against the Chiefs. They just shut down A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, and Keenan Allen in the last month. Yeah, he's outside my top 24, too. You know, just another week of being concerned. And look, you got the touchdown last week. The targets have definitely been there for him. Those, those things are, you know, he, he's definitely bounced back a little bit after what, what was, you know, an awful stretch. But this could be ugly. It really could be, you know, against what, you know, this Chiefs defense and, and and certainly their number one cornerback has been. He's currently just inside. I've got him just ahead of Waddle. Um, but yeah, I've, it's, I'd, I'd put him at a seven as well on the worryometer. That's specifically for this week for Adams, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. But they also have a bye too coming up. Uh, this is from Liv, but Liv, Liv Evil Pod. T. Higgins, worryometer. Is he even a roster-worthy player over Beckham, Reed, or Sutton? I, w- I would venture to guess that you see T. Higgins on your waiver wire, you're picking him up. So if you're dropping him, he's going to be added and still may make an impact for somebody else. We just don't know that Jake Browning is going to be a complete disaster right. or is he going to at least keep those guys afloat? You know, And you can point to various backup quarterbacks that have been disastrous for their receivers. And so... You know, if you want to hang your hat on that, I get it. But um, I, I, unless you're, you know, in desperate need of a starter, so you need a Beckham or you need a Reed, I'm keeping Higgins on my team. I would like to. I, I do think within the context, if Cortland Sutton's available, like, is this a ten-team league? Um, because I think I'd rather have Cortland Sutton. Oh, I agree with that. Yes. This is from Pete Farmer. Worryometer on Derrick Henry. I mean, this is the week, right? This is the week where he's got to take advantage of this matchup, and I think he will. You know, so should you be worried? Absolutely. You know, it's been a disaster, but you know, you've you've said it time and time again, Adam. When they've been in favorable game scripts, he's been good, and certainly gotten the work. When they've been in terrible game scripts and and losing, he's been awful. And if this is a terrible game script, I'd be shocked. You know, so um, hopefully this is the Derrick Henry week. And if your trade deadline hasn't passed yet, and you can still flip him after this week, then I would do so. Yeah, so that's Derrick Henry. And in the last two games, he's been terrible. They lost by 14 points at Tampa Bay. They lost by 20 points at Jacksonville. Uh, and those two teams, by the way, are, are both top eight in 
yards per carry allowed to running backs, as in they are among the eight best. They actually have very good run defenses. So I think that's something you have to look at. He gets Houston twice and in the playoffs. Houston has had... Houston allows the second fewest yards per carry to running backs in the NFL. And and they're good. You know, they're going to score a lot of points. So usually Derrick Henry against Houston is the best matchup for any player against any team in fantasy. He destroys them. But facing them in weeks 15 and 17 might lose you your fantasy league. He might be terrible. With I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but it's like bad game script and against a good run defense. Scares me. Tough to trust. Yep. Like I said, if you can you can get through this week and you still have not passed your trade deadline, then trade him. I don't want to say for anything you get, but trade him after this week. But his this should be a good week for him. I mean, we you know, we said it with Tony Pollard too. Should be a good week for Pollard. The Panthers just give away fantasy points. Yeah. Most touchdowns allowed to position. Uh I don't know if they're still number two, but they're certainly top two in fantasy points allowed to running backs. They're so yep. You know, so it's uh it's sh- it should be a layup. It really should be. All right. Uh Heath, we'll go to you on this one. OJ Weber, worryometer on Marquise Brown. Uh, pretty worried. I, I think it's over a five, like a six or a seven. I, I was fine with ignoring the first week of no target volume for Marquise Brown. The second week, I'm a little bit more concerned. I still think like if you've got a three wide receiver league and you're starting him, that I understand that. But he's not a must start player this week. And finally, worryometer on Travis Etienne. Few people wanted this one here. Oh, I got a lot to say about this. What's your worryometer on Etienne? Zero. Zero. Okay. Again, who's he facing this week? Houston, game of the week. Heath, I, you might want to lower everyone in the rankings. I, I already sang the song yesterday. It's the game of the week. Uh, sorry. That's, that, that, that's, <laughs> that's disappointing, but I'm not lowering him in the rankings because of it. I just, just, I'll just eat it. Okay. And um, yeah, they are second best in yards per carry allowed to running backs. They've allowed one run of more than 20 yards this year. But what really surprised me is you think of Travis Etienne, super explosive player, and I kind of feel that way, but he his advanced metrics are not good. 46 running backs have 60 or more carries. He's 32nd out of 46 in explosive run rate. He's 32nd in yards per carry. He's 36th in success rate. Also, he has only two carries inside the five-yard line all year, but that's because the Jaguars pretty much never get there. Um, but... Did get a lot of explosive runs. That's because he was leading the NFL in carries, or he was second, or something like that. So, and that's kind of he's averaging three point nine yards per carry. I just feel like he's had an overrated season, to be quite honest with you. But I'll I'll take it. <laughs> uh, me too. But I I just look. The last two weeks have been really bad game scripts: a blowout loss and a blowout win, and they just haven't needed him. This will be an interesting week. Hope he's back. I'm going to say I'm a three on the worryometer. I'm a three. So what what what? That means, like, you're not considering sitting him no, at all. Definitely not. But okay. it's one of those things where it's like I, I go into a week starting Travis Etienne, and I used to be pumped up, and now I'm a little worried about it. Uh, you know, because he has actually been pretty bad in tough matchups this year. If you go through the game log, he's had a few of them. He's had, I think, maybe one good game in a tough matchup, and his schedule is interesting. Houston. Cincinnati, I think that's fine. But then Cleveland, Baltimore, Tampa Bay, that sucks. Potentially, that sucks. Honestly, Cleveland and Baltimore haven't been that good against the run. 
but they still have very good defenses. Tampa Bay is a very tough matchup. Then he finishes with Carolina. So I am I, I see reason to be concerned here. But no, I have no intention of sitting him at this point. All right, let's take a break. Let's preview the Thursday games. When we come back, we'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast yeah green bay at detroit how do you guys feel about detroit and dallas always playing on thanksgiving it's tradition it's fine i like it i like it good green bay at detroit stat of the game (laughs) In five games against teams that are top 10 against quarterbacks, Jared Goff scored 33.4 fantasy points against Carolina, but no more than 16 points in the other four games. The Packers are fifth best against quarterbacks. Are you confident in Jared Goff this week? Jamie Eisenberg. Very much so. I don't really worry about his bad game at home last week, first game this season with multiple turnovers. He had three interceptions in that game. Um, last year on Thanksgiving uh, against a good Buffalo defense, 21 fantasy points. Uh, in his two games as a starter for the Lions on Thanksgiving, he's got four touchdown passes um, in those two games, no interceptions. So I think he'll be in the 22 to 25 point range, which is kind of where he's lived at home for the majority of the season. And I don't necessarily think this Packers defense, two of the last four quarterbacks that they faced, have gotten, I think, 23 or more points against them. One was Justin Herbert. The other was Kirk Cousins. In between that, they faced two stinkers. I I don't think this defense is going to slow him down. All right, Heath, you do have him, as I see right now, 13th. Jamie's the high guy at 8 from the rankings I'm looking at right now. And look, no teams on bye. (laughs) So 13th is pretty good. But you, you have confidence in golf? Yeah, he's he's in that range. Like I, I wrote about this yesterday. I've got Kyler and Trevor Lawrence right behind Jared Goff. 
And I'm not telling people if they have those guys, they need to sit them. I think a lot of times you look at the rankings and think, well, if he's outside the top 12, he's a sit. That's not the case. I think they're 15 ish starting quarterbacks this week. So I'm, I'm perfectly fine. If I have golf with starting him, I think I might lower the 22 to 25 to 20 to 25, but I think he's in that range. All right. How about Jordan love? Jordan love typically does pretty well in good matchups. This is a pretty good matchup. I think that it's clear the strength of this Detroit defense is the run defense. They are pretty vulnerable against the pass. Um, how are we feeling about Jordan Love this week? High in QB2, who has the same upside as Goff. It's just the floor is a lot lower. Thing this could go, this could go really bad. Um, the 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 passing game is like it's just can he throw two touchdown passes they're not going to have a, a great efficient day they're not going to throw for a whole bunch of yards it's whether he gets that second touchdown pass or runs for one i could see two touchdowns but i could see a few turnovers too you know and that's kind of been his issue last last week was a clean game um but i i still think that you're looking at not a not a starter that you want to rely on in a, in a one quarterback league. Now, granted, there's a Joe Burrow manager in every league that's been searching for something, and so whether it was love on the waiver wire or you had him for whatever reason as a backup, mm-hmm. he's not a bad pivot play. But like if you're talking about some guys in the same roster percentage range or yeah. lower, I'd rather have Gardner Minshew, and I'd rather have Baker Mayfield. Would you start Love or Trevor Lawrence against Houston? Uh, they're in the sim- similar range for me. So Lawrence is 15. I believe Love is 18. And I would take the upside of Lawrence in that game as opposed to Love in his game. I mean, look, we have not seen Love play great without Aaron Jones on the field. Right, right. Love or uh, Sam Howell against Dallas? Howell. Oh, hell yeah. Howell, yeah. By the way, uh, love on the love on the waiver wire sounds like a, a dating app, doesn't it? Like there's something. It's just uh, it's some- like uh, we could make that a reality show for um, <laughs> yeah. helping fan- fantasy analysts get married. Exactly, Dan Schneier, come on down. Uh, all right. So if you have any questions about this game in the chat, please go for it. I saw a Jared Goff or Justin Fields. Fields. How about Jared Goff or the two quarterbacks in that Minnesota Chicago game? Would you start? Dobbs, Goff, Fields. How do you rank them? Uh, I currently have Goff ahead. I may drop him behind Dobbs and potentially Fields. They're they're all back to back for me. So, you know, there's probably more upside with the two running quarterbacks. I've got it. Dobbs, Fields, Goff. All right, let's talk about the difficult call in this game, and that's AJ Dillon. So Dillon, in his previous game against Detroit, say it right. Come on, Dillon. At the, end, at the end of the game, you might be going, you son of a... Uh, Dylan, his last game against Detroit, Aaron Jones played 35% of the snaps. He had five carries for 11 yards. Uh, his previous three games without Aaron Jones had only two targets in those three games. But you're hoping maybe Jordan Love is just going to start throwing to his running backs more. He's been doing that with Jones, did that with Dylan last week. Anyway, he starter sit A.J. Dillon against the Detroit Lions, who are fourth best against opposing running backs and allow three and a half yards per carry to running backs. Yeah, my my initial, and again, I, I'll do some rankings updates later today. My initial projections have him pretty close to a must start as a number two wide receiver in that wide receiver 18 to 20-ish type range. Running back. Um, running I do back. think, r- running back yeah, 18 yeah. to 20 range. I, I do think um, I've got some computer issues happening at the same time, so I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to focus on getting that taken care of, and it's not working. Um I, I believe in the pass volume that we've seen recently. 
um, two running backs. It seems like, and it's been terrible for the wide receivers because no, none of them get more than six targets a game. But it's just, it's four to six targets for almost everybody. So I think you can count on four targets for Dylan this week. Yeah, Jamie, starter set. I would sit him. I mean, this Lions run defense has just been fantastic. So he's going to probably need to score to get you a good stat line. I, I do agree with Heath that we'll see him involved in the passing game. I wonder what this injury he's dealing with. Is it a short week thing or is it an actual something that's bothering him? And he's been miserable really the majority of time that Aaron Jones missed. He started three games, played four others, but started three games without Aaron Jones and had one good game and it was against the Raiders where he had a touchdown. You know, 20 carries, 76 yards and a touchdown in that game against the Raiders in week five. So I don't want to start him. If 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 anything, you know, I don't want to say desperation flex, but just more of a flex. In his last five games, he's averaging four yards per carry. There was a 40-yard run in there, which is good. I'm like, you can't just knock him for doing that. But if you take that out, he's averaging 3.3 yards per carry on every other run. And he's still like, this is really bad. In his last five games, 22.6%, zero or negative run rate. Like zero yards or negative yards. That's really bad. So just a lot of empty carries for A.J. Dillon. Uh, obviously, we're going to start Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery over him. Uh, how do you feel, like sum up how to how do you feel about Gibbs and Montgomery this week against the Packers? Gibbs is my preferred Lions running back in both formats, but it's closer in non PPR. Um, Montgomery certainly has a better opportunity to score if you want to bank on that. But I think what they're doing with Gibbs right now is is fantastic. Yeah, I would I would view in full PPR Gibbs as a top twelve running back. Montgomery is more of a top eighteen type guy, and in non PPR I would put Montgomery just ahead of Gibbs. But they're both must starts in all formats. Yeah, the Packers may not have linebacker Devondre Campbell, which could hurt their run defense. I've got a question here from the chat: Montgomery, Bijan Robinson, and Tony Pollard in half PPR. Who are you sitting? Pollard. I'm sending Bijan. Whoa, really? Yeah. Interesting. That, that Saints defense is good. It's not that I don't like him. I just think these other guys have better matchups. Okay. Um, how about this one? Uh, no. no. I'm looking for one specific to this game. And Rushman says, I'm playing against Jameer Gibbs. Pray for your Uncle Rushy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think what is Gibbs three or four games in a row with more than 20 fantasy points or something? He's just not four straight games with 21.5 or more fantasy points. How could you sit that? So involved in the passing game. Start him on with St. Brown. I'm, I'm assuming we're going to sit the other uh, the other uh, wide receivers for the Lions. I mean, you know, Dave talked about stashing Jamison Williams. If you want to do that, that's, that's certainly suitable. But at this point, Josh Reynolds has been a complete disappearing act uh, in every game that, for the most part, that Amaro St. Brown has played since Jamison Williams has come back. And so, yeah, I would I would get away from them. Like, Josh Reynolds is as droppable a player as you'll find. Here's another one. Raheem Mostert, Detroit running backs, Kyron Williams, sit one. Kyron. I think it's Kyron, and I think in full PPR, I'd probably sit Montgomery. All right. Sam Laporta, how much confidence do you have in him? Heath, you asked me to do some Azer statting for Laporta, uh, what his targets look like when both Gibbs and Montgomery are healthy. I can get into that, but have you are you down are you starting to downgrade Laporta? Who's moving ahead of him? Yeah, he's a low end starter for me. I believe the tweet was from Jacob Sanderson. I believe it was five targets exactly for Laporta in every game that M- Montgomery and Gibbs have both been healthy. 
I have him with six and in one of the games. Five, six, it, five, and five. I wonder if one of the games, one of those guys left early, maybe. But anyway, regardless, five, five, six, and five is not the top five tight end that we'd kind of anointed him to be. And so he is not in my top six tight ends. He's he's behind McBride, Kincaid. I'd rather start David Njoku. I'd rather start Dalton Schultz. Okay. Uh, so let's talk about the Packers wide receivers. And are any of them worth starting? Detroit is 21st against wide receivers. And I, I don't know. I think this is a favorable matchup. I just don't think they have a very good pass defense. When you look at good good quarterbacks, good receivers, they do very well, I think, against the Packers. Not all the time. But um, I don't know. Do, do we want to get anybody in our lineup? I don't think there's anybody you're starting in two receiver leagues. And right. two receivers and a flex, it's questionable. Three receivers and a flex, you're probably starting. I would lean toward Reed as the best, Dobbs as the second best, and then Watson as... I don't want to say distant third, but probably a distant third. You know, the thing that Reed has done is, and the thing that I like is, especially last week, they're trying to manufacture touches for him. So three carries, you know, and he scored on a, on a rush. That's encouraging. And, and what he's been able to do the last basically month. For Dobbs, it's been touchdown dependent. You know, four of the last five games, he scored a touchdown. When he doesn't score, you're going to get maybe at best a five for 50 type of stat line. So it's not going to be the most encouraging type of production. So I think you have to understand what you're dealing with here. Um, you know, Watson, Scored last week, I think it's first time since week three. Uh, he's been pretty consistently under 50 yards receiving. So very tough to trust in terms of what his production has been. So you look at, let's say, two wide receivers that at some point have been must-start guys that we probably don't like that much this week. Well, let me throw three in there. Uh, would you start Reed and Dobbs over Amari Cooper against Denver? Yes. I've got Cooper ahead of them right now. Would you start them over Devontae Adams against Kansas City? No. No. Would you start them over Garrett Wilson? No. Okay. Uh, Here's uh, some chat questions. Laporta or Kincaid? Kincaid. I think his ranking was very appropriate how he put put Kincaid. Where he put Laporta, excuse me. Okay. Uh, Jaden Reed or Jalen Waddle? Waddle. Um, Waddle. Not there yet. Jaden Reed, Javante Williams, or Jordan Addison? PPR. Don't love Javante this week, but I'd go Javante. Um, I'm going to go with Jordan Addison. Last one. Jaden Reed or Marquise Brown? Reed. Reed. All right. We are done with this game, right? I was, you know, unfortunately no Luke Musgrave. Honestly, maybe that helps the wide receivers a little bit, though. Get you five, six targets or something like that. Maybe that goes uh, to the receivers. But to who? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Last week I made I made kind of a case, sort of a, a supporting case for Reed and Dobbs. I mentioned Reed, you know, he, slot receivers were very good against the Chargers. I mentioned Dobbs had the most, red, like among the most red zone targets in the NFL and all of his touchdowns came in the red zone. And then he caught a touchdown from outside of the red zone. And Reed had a great game because of his rushing touchdown. <laughs> it was like, oh, well, that worked out, but not for any of the reasons Listen, that I just thought. trust the process. You got there. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I actually wasn't really saying to start them. So Washington at Dallas. Stat of the game number one. Washington has allowed 14.4 or more PPR fantasy points to five running backs in their last five games. That would be Barkley twice. DeAndre Swift, Ramondre Stevenson, and Ken Walker. And here comes Tony Pollard off his best game since week one. And he's avoiding tackles 
really well the last two weeks, which is a good sign. But how much confidence do we have? Why did I call this stat of the game number one? I only have one stat of the game. Uh, <laughs> how much confidence do we Still have number one. in Tony Pollard this week? Nine out of ten. Yeah, I'm I'm more like a six. He's a low end number two running back. There's definitely blowout potential in this game, right? So you yeah. see the spread, right? <laughs> it's eleven. And that's bad for Pollard. He gets twelve carries in every blowout. Twelve ish. Maybe it's not bad if Rico Dowdle is hurt. Well, what did okay, did Dowdle do anything last last week? Just a he did days? pop up on the injured part on Friday, if you recall. Yeah. And Pollard had 12 carries. He did have four catches at Carolina. Um, all right, so would you start Ramondre Stevenson at the Giants or or Tony Pollard against Washington? Pollard, but they're close. I've got Ramondre higher. But just one spot, they're back-to-back. I think this game is kind of tough, honestly, because Lamb and Dak are a piece of cake. Is, is anyone mm-hmm. else a piece of cake? Or a piece of pie in this game? I, I'm not considering sitting Brian Robinson. What if Gibson plays? I'd be, I think I'd still have him ahead of Pollard. Uh, I would not have him ahead of Pollard, but I would still start him. Yeah, I think it's easy to, it's easy to start him because then he's probably not game script dependent if Gibson is out, seeing all the catches. But if Gibson is in, we have seen that before, where when they lose, you know, it could go it could go really south for Brian Robinson. And Gibson's been limited in two straight practices, or listed as limited. Yeah, I mean, for the Cowboys, I'm starting, as you said, Lamb and and Dak. I'm still starting Pollard. I'm not have any hesitations really. So uh, Ferguson is still a low end starting tight end. He's behind Laporta, you know, based on Heath's rankings. Again, I, I share similar sentiment. Uh, and Brandon Cooks, I think, is a still a good number three receiver based on how the secondary has operated this season. You know, so I don't say good, but but a, a, a number three receiver you can hopefully rely on. Uh, I put him similar. So he's ranked similarly to the two Packers guys that we talked about in Reed and Dobbs, and I would start him ahead of Amari Cooper. Oh, I was just about and to say the, that. I, I'm I'm going to do that in a league. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't you know I don't think this secondary is going to slow him down. If anything, it's going to be a lack of targets to him. But oh, yeah. you know, again, if you're just if you're looking at matchups, there's very difficult to find a better matchup than this for what Dak should be able to do. And I wonder if Dak has another big game based on how sort of the season is unfolding. Is he putting himself in MVP consideration? I I know it was such a bad start, but he's been so hot since what week seven that if the Cowboys yeah. somehow manage to they're not going to catch the Eagles, so forget that. Never mind. Jalen Hurts is going to win the MVP, right? Is he having the best season, though? Who is having a better season? He's That's awesome. Thing. He's awesome. He's having like like an underappreciated season, I feel. He's clearly um, an MVP to me. I, Josh Allen's having a better season. Josh Allen? Just got his coach fired because he's throwing 100 interceptions. I can't give it to Josh Allen. Too many turnovers. Josh Allen's not even close to MVP. Um, it's well, I'm just saying statistically, he's having a better season. In what stat? He's having a better fantasy season. Barely. I mean, he's throwing <laughs> what for more Barely. yards. I, I mean, Hertz is is f- much fewer turnovers, and I think anyway, and uh, got all the rush, got all the tush pushing. The uh, thing, the thing is, like, 
uh, Tyreek Hill and Christian McCaffrey are should be in consideration for it, but I don't think they're having like that outstanding of seasons to not just get the offensive player of the year award. Remember like Cooper Cup, yeah. how great he was in 2021? Yeah. And didn't get the MVP. Um, it's typically quarterback award. So it's Hurts. Stroud would have to just stay. He might have hurt himself last week with the interceptions, but Stroud would have to probably win the division. But he's going to get rookie of the year, so they're going to give him that award. And then does has Purdy done enough? It's hurt. Oh, come on. It's Hurts. I understand joining it, the it discussion. It is pretty incredible hurts. that Hurts that just played an island game through for 150 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick, and became the consensus MVP favorite. Didn't he score two touchdowns? He, he did it, get it, pushed it into some the record of like the only player to score every point in the second half. He is the odds-on favorite to win the MVP. You seem to have a problem with this, but he is the favorite right now. I can't think of anyone that it should be other than I can't him. imagine a Chiefs fan would be upset about it. I know. Right? So. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm just uh, saying, yeah, I know that he is. I'm not disagreeing with that. I, I agree that he currently is. I'm just saying that statistically, like he's got – Two more rushing touchdowns than Josh Allen, and he's thrown 15 touchdown passes this year. What? I don't really know what the issue is. How many touchdown passes does Josh Allen have? 22. Okay, but Josh Allen has 12 interceptions. Jalen Hurts has nine? Really? Wow. And I think if... <laughs> it's not so good. There's two more guys. He that has actually thrown for more. He has thrown for more yards than Josh Allen in one... F- no, he hasn't. What am I saying? I'm going to stop talking now. Let's get back to this game. Well, there's, uh, there's two other guys. There's there's Tua. They, Tua or Lamar Jackson, if they get the one seed in the AFC, they're going to be hard to overlook, too. Yeah, it hurts. So, um, <laughs> starters at Terry McLaurin. Still starting him. Number two receiver. Um, yeah, he's he's in that range. So, Dallas allows the third fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. They have done, they're not necessarily doing great against good wide receivers. But one of the things that's interesting about Dallas is that they dominate time of possession and they've actually seen the second fewest pass attempts in the NFL. They're about to play a team that throws more than any team in football, like by far, basically. So, how confident can you be in Howell? Do you think he'll be able to get 40 plus pass attempts like he does every week? I looked at some of the games where. He's played teams that don't give up that many pass attempts or don't see that many pass attempts. And he throws fewer passes in those games, not surprisingly. Um, so anyway, yeah, Dallas is second best against quarter... Or, no, ninth best against quarterbacks, third best against wide receivers, or fourth best against wide receivers. It's not an easy matchup. But do you have confidence in Howell and McLaurin, I guess? I'm not benching McLaurin because I've seen enough of what he's done this season to say that he's still worth starting as a number two receiver. And and like you said, they've struggled with good receivers. They've clearly benefited from taking advantage of some of their schedule and how the opponents have gone. Um, Howell's not a top 12 quarterback. You know, I mean, you got to hope that he's going to get the volume. If he doesn't get the volume, he's going to get pummeled in this game. I mean, their, their pass rush is going to be a nightmare for, for Washington. So, you know, I, I think the thing you look at is uh, a lot of dump offs to whoever the pass catching back has been, if not both guys. You know, so if Gibson plays and Robinson plays, I think you could say there's a chance for probably eight to ten catches for the two of them alone. And then, you know, I think McLaurin will get peppered with targets. Dotson really is the troubling one because you've seen what he's been with Curtis Samuel. And last week, Samuel gets ejected. Dotson finds the end zone. So if they're not going to throw a lot, then I don't want to bank on Sam Howell this week. Yeah, I still I think the key to how many passes he throws is whether the decrease in sacks recently is just because of competition or if it's real. 
he was sacked five or more times every game from week three through week seven. And also in week one, he has not been sacked more than four times in a game and he's been three or fewer in three in three of his last four games. Yeah. So if, if it's three or four sacks, I think there's still going to be close to 50 dropbacks. All right, let me finish up on this game. If, if Tony, if um sorry, if Antonio Gibson does not play, Brian Robinson is like a top six running back for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And if he does play, where would you end up with Robinson? 16, 18. Okay. All right. Huge difference. And Logan Thomas or Jake Ferguson? Ferguson. Ferg. All right. Logan Thomas, good for about 50 yards or so every week. Just rarely scores. He scored seven or more. Seven is not a great number, but it's not a terrible floor. Seven or more PPR fantasy points in nine of 10 games. And start the Cowboys DST. All right, let's take a break. We have one more game. We got to talk about Zach Charbonnet. I was trying to get to your emails and fantasy cops. I have that on the in the rundown. So we'll see if we can get to that. But we'll come right back with Seattle at San Francisco on fantasy football today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, here's the stat of the game for you for Seattle and San Francisco. Number one, I do have two this time. George Kittle has scored 20 or more PPR fantasy points in three straight games for the first time in his career. He is currently tight end three per game in PPR, and that would be six straight seasons. If he finishes that way, that would be six straight seasons as a top three tight end in PPR. It is unbelievable. He's doing it again. Stat of the game number two, Seattle was really bad against the pass in the first three games of the season. Since week four, though, they are giving up the fourth fewest passing yards per attempt. Only Baltimore, the Jets, and the Panthers are better. And since week four, only Sam Howell has scored more than 17 fantasy points. And that includes Lamar Jackson and a gimpy Joe Burrow. So, Brock Purdy, starter sit. Must start quarterback. I'm starting him. Purdy or Goff? Purdy. Purdy. Okay. We like Purdy quite a bit. Zach Charbonnet. As I saw the rankings last night, Heath had him top 10, and Dave and Jamie, and J, J, uh, basically Dave and Jamie had him outside the top 24. So extremely different. Are we still feeling that way about Charbonnet? I've dropped him three or four spots. He'll be top 15 for me. I just, I think he's going to touch the ball 20 plus times. It's a bad matchup, but the team he faced last week, the Rams, have given up fewer fantasy points to running backs this season than the 49ers have. And he scored, what, 12 and a half? No. Yeah, 12 and a half PPR fantasy points without a touchdown. So 
I think he's going to get 20 touches. I think he's going to score you 12 points. And if, if he if he scores a touchdown, he's going to score you 18 to 20. I don't see him scoring. I don't think this is going to necessarily be. I don't really look at necessarily the what the what the production against this team has been because Greenlaw's missed some time. Um, you know, their run defense I don't think is played up to its level, but you have a banged up Geno Smith right now. And what is going to be the second running back here? and the role that that player will play. Will DJ Dallas take away the passing down work from Charbonnet? Will Kenny McIntosh take away the passing down work from Charbonnet? If he's losing the passing down work, which could be the case, then he could be awful. So I think he's a good flex, but must start, no. Yeah, it's a key. He really needs to uh, catch some passes. Seahawks, I mentioned this yesterday, seventh or eighth fewest targets to running backs this year, but more so lately. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm also really nervous about the Seattle wide receivers because I just don't know what to expect from Geno Smith. I mean, he could be just horrible in this game coming in with it with an, I think it's a triceps injury. I know it was said they're lifting his elbow. He's, he's complaining more about the tricep. Right, right. So, you know, losing their starting all pro safety, the 49ers, that's definitely a big deal. Uh, but this is a team that doesn't really get beat deep a lot. And um, all right, how about this? McLaurin, McLaurin or a Seahawks wide receiver? McLaurin. I have the Seahawks higher. So you have them in their top 24, Heath? Yes. You're not concerned about Geno or you are? I'm a little bit matter? concerned, but we, we just talked about Devontae Adams. We just talked about Jalen Waddle. We've kicked Marquise Brown all the way out of the top 36. Like there's a lot of guys we've been ranking in the top 24 that we don't feel very good about this week. How about the... Texans-Jaguars game. I know Tank Dell is going to be ahead of them, but how about Nico Collins, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk? How many of them are ahead of DK Metcalf? All of them. Dell and Collins for me. Okay. Uh, yeah, because once after that, you start getting into like the Drake Londons of the world and the Demario Douglases and Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel's injured in this game. I mean... I'm assuming Ayuk is the highest ranked receiver in this game, but what about Debo? How does Jamie, how does Debo measure up to the Seahawks receivers? I would start DK over Debo and PPR, Debo over DK and non PPR. I believe he's got a pretty, I haven't, I haven't got to this yet, but I believe he's got a pretty good history against the Seahawks. Um, so I'm, I'm going to bank on that. Yeah, I go Ayuk, Metcalf, Debo, Lockett. I would agree. Ayuk, Metcalf, Debo, Lockett. Charbonnet. Versus all of the wide receivers in this game. How would you rank it? PPR? Yes. Um, Ayuk, Metcalf, Debo, Charbonnet. I'd put Charbonnet ahead of Debo. You guys have any Charbonnet teams? Any tough decisions to make? Um, I have him... I'm going to activate him most likely off of uh, the taxi squad, right? I could do that, Heath, in our YOLO league. Yes, you're going to have to cut three players because you currently have two players more than you're supposed to. Well, I, I know both was going on on the IL, so that's why I picked up a defensive lineman. Um, that happened already today, so I just haven't made the transaction yet, and I'm cutting uh, Henderson. Mm. Just didn't do that yet. Um, so, yes, I'm going to activate Charbonnet maybe because we play two flexes there. Two flexes, um, double flex. So in those type of leagues? Well, I have them in a league where I have Kamara and Bijan, so definitely not starting Charbonnet. But then I have Mostert 
And if Achan's going to play, I, I guess I'm probably going to start Mostert. But, like, Mostert doesn't catch any passes anymore. I suppose he could on any given week. So... I'll probably go. I'll just go Mostert. But I, hate, I love Mostert. Like I was sitting on Charbonnet, and now I can't even put him in my lineup. Seriously. It is. It is really funny that like because for me, when I hear that group, the guy I'm not sure about is Bijan. I the, uh, I've got Mostert way ahead of Bijan. Um, I, I've, I I've think got like, Mostert ahead of Charbonnet and Charbonnet ahead of Bijan. Bijan Robinson had 20, 22 carries last week or two weeks ago, last game. So I think I think the committee is. I'm hoping that the committee is basically over. But if we're just and, going on what they did their last game, like Jack Charbonnet's got 11 targets in his last two games. Oh, it's true. But I just, but he's facing the 49ers. I mean, the Saints are good. Um, I just think Bijan is like, he's so good. And the Falcons have shown in the past they can run on anyone. So I just, and plus, I, I don't think they're going to, well, I mean, I guess they could get blown out, but. I definitely think there's blowout potential in this in this Seahawks 49ers game with the way Geno Smith comes into the game. So I'm I'm worried about the Seahawks maybe more than you guys are, but I, I'm really worried about them getting destroyed in this game. But even though it's at home. All right. Anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to debating Bijan Robinson with Jamie on Friday. Uh, I think that's it for this game. We could do a little more Debo. If anybody has some Debo or IU questions or anything like that. Kit, oh, by the way, where's Kittle? Is he ahead of Schultz? Kittle or Schultz? Kittle. I have Kittle. I see Kittle's per- fifth behind Kelsey, McBride, Hawkinson, Kincaid. Fields or Purdy this week? Oh, it says rest of season, but you can answer for this week. I have that in one league, and I'm just going to play the matchups weekly. But if it's just you have to decide on one, Fields has his bye next week. So I would go with Purdy. But I would start Fields this week. I would start Purdy. Purdy or Stroud? Stroud. Stroud. Okay. Uh, Debo or Josh Downs? Half PPR. Debo. Debo. Howell or Herbert? Herbert. <sighs> yeah, I've got Herbert higher. I'm, I'm worried, but they're back-to-back. Same. 12 and 13 for me. Okay, this one's a little relevant here. Start two. Garrett Wilson, Zay Flowers, Gabe Davis, and JSN. Wilson and Flowers. Yeah. Guess what I'm doing this week? Just putting Gabe Davis back in a lineup. Is Gabe Davis going to have a good week, Magic 8-Ball? Ow, I just banged my finger on the desk. Magic 8-Ball says, chances aren't good. Wow. Magic Eight Ball has not been wrong about Gabe Davis yet, so maybe I need to reconsider. All right, that's it for our game previews. Obviously, we have a lot more games to get to, and we will do that tonight. I'll figure around 10, 30, 11. I don't know what time it will be. Jamie and I will be doing the uh, starter sit for the rest of the AFC home games. In the meantime, Fantasy Cops to finish the show. This is from Marco. Dear John, Betty, And Dorothy? I have no idea. I'm on the outside looking in to make the playoffs, and the teams that I need to lose face the bottom of the league the rest of the year. Is it bad for me to suggest people to start or pick up for the bottom teams that I need to win? And I'm also the commissioner. What do you think? 
You're suggesting players pick up out the waiver wire for other rosters? For other teams that are facing the teams in front of him. He's trying to help the bad teams in the league that he needs to win so the other teams that are in front of him lose. Yeah, no, don't do that. That's not okay. What you might be able to do, it, um, assuming you play on CBS, we have a, a function where you could write a, an article for your league. And maybe you could say, you know, I'm just trying to try something new. I thought I'd write a a waiver wire article this week and just publish it for the whole league. And if the worst teams will have the first crack at those guys, but then you're telling everybody. Uh, Comment here from the chat. I agree. Damn y'all hating on green bean casserole haters. Thank you. Uh, No, no, I I wasn't hating on green bean casserole. The fact that that's your first side or second second side. side. (laughs) I was hating on. It's so good. Um, it's healthy. Yeah, I you went I, corn I, souffle and, and green bean casserole as opposed to mashed potatoes. Like that's wrong. If you had the corn souffleser, you would know how good it is. Okay, but then replace green bean casserole with mashed potatoes. I fine. I don't. I'm not really a big, but not fine. Uh, yeah, I don't like to, green bean casserole. But we could say you're wrong when that. This is from Derek. Trade got accepted in my league between a husband and wife. The wife needs to win out to have a chance at the playoffs. The trade is. <laughs> the trade is. Uh, the wife receives Tyreek Hill, Jalen Warren, Justin Fields, and Luke Musgrave. The husband receives George Kittle, Garrett Wilson, Derek Carr, and George Pickens. I call them out on the trade not being fair. Please help settle the dispute if the trade is fair or unfair and that the trade should be vetoed. Well, I mean, one guy's in the hospital, so that Not helps. anymore. That's it. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's Tyreek Hill, Justin Fields are the headliners for one side. Garrett Wilson and George Kittle are the headliners for the other. But then, not beatable. Yeah, it's not right. No, no. But it, it it's one of those like you just put on your radar because it's a husband wife because there's a situation where there's one team trying to help another team. Like it's it's questionable, but it's not beatable. It's it's a bad trade, and and if you want to lose friends, I think it's acceptable to kick them out of the lead for collusion. But you can't veto it because that's that's not a thing. Yeah. All right. This is from Ben. That it. That is a thing. I'm not gonna let you get away with that. You, you said yeah already. Yeah. I was, right, I was, got, I didn't got, think Thomas were, has already got the clip. I didn't think you were gonna say that. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is from Ben. Just had a situation happen on the trade deadline, and I need your input. Two players made a trade right before kickoff on Monday involving Travis Kelsey and some other players that played on Sunday. Due to our platform setting and to make the commissioner's life easier, trades process immediately. Due to this, Kelsey was moved off of the player's roster in a closely contested matchup on Monday where both players are playing are fighting for a playoff spot. Before the game, the manager reached out saying he didn't think that Kelsey would be moved off the roster and he wanted him to play tonight. His opponent is is, uh, stating that the platform processed the trade and he could still play Noah Gray to complete a roster. What say you, Fantasy Cops? Should Kelsey stay on his original team's roster until Tuesday or should he have stayed on that roster until Tuesday? If your league rules suggest that once trades are processed, they're processed immediately, then that's the risk you run of making trades while there's still games going on. So, so did the guy who traded away the Sunday players lose the points that the guy got players scored on Sunday? I'm not getting that impression at all. 
I think it's a terrible answer from Jamie. I'm not going to lie. Terrible. Like not, well, I mean, the, not critical if, thinking if at all. If it's stated in the email that to make the commissioner's life easy, like what, what is the, if that's the rules that you guys have been playing by, then that's mm-hmm. what you have to adhere to. Adam is the most heavy handed commissioner I've ever played fantasy football with. <laughs> and so I know that what he's going to do is say, if somebody says they didn't understand what was going to happen with the trade, then you should reverse the trade. That's exactly what I even replied to the I email. Know. And that's exactly what I said. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're going in every week in our baked burger dynasty league and setting like four different teams lineups. Just, just Schneier's. basically altering the landscape of the entire league. Oh, you're setting lineups. Cause he yeah. always has an illegal lineup. So I had him. I have to make it legal. Okay, fine. No, I'm not gonna kick him. Out. No, seriously. It, it's like, very we, annoying. We, we, we've, he, clearly, we've clearly shown that people will donate a lot of money to play in this league. So if he's <laughs> not gonna take it seriously, then kick him out. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's tanking. <laughs> I'm he, not kidding. Come on, they're not kicking Dan Schneider out of the league. If he's not paying attention to it, and the commissioner has to take advantage, take take. Uh, use your commissioner rights to set his lineup for him because he's not following the rules. Come on, that's ridiculous. Uh, well, anyway, for this, I don't, I don't think this person should have lost Travis Kelsey. That's really it, it, Dragon something. I can't say his last name. Just said he'll take a spot. How much would you donate, Dragon something? Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, we can't say his full name. Why not? Jamie is spicy today. Yeah. He's got he's not in the, he's in the holiday spirit. He's not in the holiday spirit at all. All right, so so my my commissioner ruling would be to reverse the trade. Your commissioner ruling would be what? Trade stands, fix the rules for next season. And Heath, break the tie. Um, no, I think I would probably be with Adam on this one. One of the few instances, because I do I think it's very similar to when somebody like what happened last week in our Scott Fishbowl Kids League, somebody apparently sent my son a trade three weeks ago for Jamar Chase. My son doesn't check it very often. He looked at it. He trade. He accepted the trade after Joe Burrow got hurt, and we had to reverse that trade because the person didn't actually want to make the trade under those circumstances. Right, right. Adam, you were right. Thank you, Heath. I appreciate that. Okay, that's it for the Fantasy Cops. That's it for our show today. I'm sorry I didn't get to the emails that I intended to get to. Um, but have a, yourself a great Thanksgiving if you're well, not listening Well, they send the emails in and you don't read them, but you read them on Friday, they count for Thursday. <laughs> Under Jamie's rules, yes, for sure. So, yeah, have a great Thanksgiving. I know not everybody's going to be able to listen tomorrow, but hopefully you can. Um, but if not and you're traveling, whatever, safe travels, uh, enjoy time with the family. We'll have our normal schedule this week, so hope to hopefully you'll hear from us. If not, we'll talk to you next week. Oh, uh, Thomas said check the poll. Check the poll. What's the poll? I don't know. He said check the poll. All right, let's check the YouTube poll. Let's see what we got here. It's going to be something about green bean casserole, I'm sure. It's going to be something negative for me because Schaefer is the new Heath Cummings. Uh, oh, should Dan Schneier be kicked out of the Bake Burger Dynasty League for not setting his lineups? I'm going to vote no. Oh, no. I want to vote yes a billion times. 74% say yes. Wow. Oh, Schneier. Oh, that's bad news. All right, Schneier, you're on the clock. By the way, uh, Jamie, you missed this great moment on Beyond the Box Score. Someone said that Schneier looks like a young Jason Alexander, and he lost it. He was not happy with that comparison. Uh, <laughs> but he kind of does. Jason Alexander, I said, he's a handsome guy. All right, we're out of here. Later, everybody. Uh, 
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. 